Hi, and welcome to Black, White, but mostly gray, because life is not always neat and tidy. We live our lives in a million shades of gray, where the lines between right and wrong are blurred by our different values and experiences. If we take the time to look beyond the labels, we understand that most things are complex and nuanced. Not every situation is good or bad. Not everything is right or wrong. There are many gray areas in life, and that's what we want to explore. So open your minds and join us. Welcome back to another episode of Black, White, but Mostly Gray. Thanks, Dan. Looking forward to our second episode. We're going to talk about how it's not business as usual anymore. Jumping on the bandwagon for a cause to increase sales or to look good has backfired on so many companies recently. Yeah, you think about like, Target, Chick-fil-A, we could go on and on. But before we get into that, Let's first take a little journey into what we're going to call a leaky's world. Now, we're going to take a look at some of your recent social media posts, Leaky, and then you can explain uh, to this old white guy what they're all about and, and our listeners. Are, are, are you ready to go? Let's go. <laughs> right. So this first one, um, it's a it's a woman laying on top of another woman with like a bolt shooting out of her right breast. And then um, you want to read what the what the quote is? Oh, Dan, you make it sound so horrible when you say it like that. It's not a woman laying on top of another woman. It's a woman's soul hovering over her body. She's oh, okay. laying right. her back okay. on the moon. And he says, when something isn't right for you, your soul rejects it and tries to warn you in many different ways. Pay attention to how things make you feel and what emotions they bring up in you. These are all messages. If something is not right for you, let it go. So that is the rogue soul. It's the, it's the thing that's hovering over that woman's body. Well, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, and the message here for me anyways, uh, and why it appealed to me was, you know, in this world that is increasingly so divided and uh where we're just being fed with so many different you know uh talking points from whether it's politicians or you know activists or whatever it is you know it's really just to to listen to your soul you know to go within and 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 check with yourself you know what really feels right to to you you know that that should be your compass not all these mouths out there, you know, people with their genders and things like that. So that's why I, I shared that. I, I think that's a, a good philosophy to live by. I think so. So, so the next one, a quote from a, a, a gentleman by the name of Shams Tabritz, who I don't know. Who's Sham Tabritz? Shams Tabriz is just a, a, a guy I follow on uh, Instagram. And and clearly, this is not his name. Shams Tabriz is, is a poet from a long time ago. 
But anyways, uh, the quote says, the universe will only allow you to connect with a handful of genuine souls during your time here. So when you cross paths with one, treat them accordingly. And that's just really a reminder for me and anyone who comes across it that can relate to it, you know, to to take our uh, our friendships and our relationships uh, uh, seriously. You know, um, I think soulmates are not just, you know, for romantic uh, pairings, but, you know, soulmates come in families, friends, and, you know, even people we work with. So if we're lucky enough to really connect with genuine souls, you know, we should really, really uh, honor that and consider ourselves lucky. You know, then kind of like you and I, you know, I, I, would, I would say, you know, we have a pretty uh, deep connection, wouldn't you say? Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. And and I'm going to blow your mind here because you will think, how did he know that? It, it wasn't Sham Tabritz who was the famous Persian mystic. It was Sham Tabritzi. And he was the spiritual guru of Rumi, who widely influenced literature throughout the Muslim world. Am, am I Rumi, right? Am you I are right? right. You yeah. are quite right. And I love Rumi. He's my favorite poet because he always talks about love. And it's not just, it's not romantic love. It's the love of the divine. All right. One more. And this might be my favorite. Uh, you recently posted a picture of a man embracing a beautiful woman as a musician would his cello. And the caption reads, what? The woman is a beautiful melody when the man is a good musician. And I think, uh uh-huh. Well, it sounds to me like you're saying that a clever man can play a woman like a fiddle. Is that correct? (laughs) Only from the mind of Dan McGinnity. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, it's just, it's like, you know, if you're a good teacher, you're going to have great students. You know, if you're if you're a good man, you're gonna have a good woman in your hands because you know you know how to how to lead and guide and play your role as a man. I think that's what that say to me. But of course, people can have different interpretations. You know, they've often said behind every successful man is you know is a is a woman, but I think it's also behind you know a woman can be. A successful woman is a man who supports and nurtures and, and, and you know, makes her whole, correct? Precisely, because that's what we're here for. That's what this pairing is about, you know? We're, we're here to heal one another and to walk each other home, so to speak. Well, awesome. Well, glad we uh, cleared that up. Got some insights from our favorite Gemini. Listen, Aliki, we're going to take a short break. Then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about brands or getting it all wrong. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Hey, I got to tell you, Aliki's chomping at the bit. Aliki, you're the one that uh, suggested this topic on how brands are getting it all wrong when it comes to trying to broaden their appeal and uh, make everybody happy. That's right. I'm all for companies being inclusive and doing the right thing. But if you only do it to boost sales or make your company look good, 
you're going to feel the backlash, just like a lot of the companies we know, like Target, and, you know, among others of Chick-fil-A. Uh, Chick-fil-A. And, and how about Bud Light? Oh, my God. Yeah. Bud Light lost so much market uh, share. It's ridiculous. It's been replaced by a, a completely different <laughs> uh, company now. I mean, Modelo. brand. Uh, yeah, let's tell, I mean, if anybody's been living under a rock, let's. So Bud Light got in trouble with with their core uh, beer drinkers because of a social media promotion they did with a person by the name of Dylan Mulvaney. Now, Aliki, explain to us who this person is and be very careful with your personal pronouns. So Dylan Mulvaney uh, is a transgender influencer um, that basically started this whole big uh, uh, boycott. Um, Dylan began documenting her gender transition in the days of girlhood series on TikTok just over a year ago. Uh, you know, she's a 26-year-old uh, influencer with 10.8 million followers. And uh, quite, you know, she's quite an activist. Um, like on her TikTok, you know, she's always talking about you know, things that are happening to transgender people. Like today, I was on her TikTok and, you know, she mentioned about like some uh, person, uh, an ally who basically was flying uh, a flag um, in their shop and and this person was murdered. This was in California. So she was like all in tears. But, you know, getting back to the topic, um, the fact that this woman... Uh, was tapped by Bud Light to promote Bud Light just really, really like uh, shocked a big segment of the population, spe- specifically the conservatives. And they just went all out and uh, and and caused havoc for uh, for for Bud Light. Well, you know, I'm all for inclusivity as well. And, and, you know, as a marketer, I'm all about exploring new markets. I just have to wonder though, uh, currently 1% of Americans um, consider themselves a transgender. It works out to be about 2.6 million Americans, something like that. That's a lot more than I actually thought. That's 1% though. 39% of Americans uh, drink light beer. And um, that's that's a lot. That's like, you know, hundreds of millions of people. Right. And so you got hundreds of millions of people who are drinking light beer. I, 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 I don't know why you go after such a, a minuscule uh, special interest group to promote and and uh, uh, and try to increase sales. Wouldn't wouldn't you look at that 39 percent of Americans and and. Even if you do the demographics and, and and it works out like, you know, the rest of the country, you know, maybe 39% of people who identify as transgender um, drink light beer as well. But that's 39% of 1%. I, well, I'd, I'd want the 39% of the 99%. Same here. I would steer clear of this very polarizing uh, topic. I mean, right now that that transgender everything that's going on with uh, with the transgender community and politically i mean you've got you know the governors of texas 
the governor of Texas and Florida, who've made it kind of like their personal, you know, issue to 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 go after the uh, LGBTQ um, <laughs> groups, but particularly the transgender. Yeah, um, you know, it's so, so, I, I realize it's real political and 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 it's but but you know what? Let, let's move on to to another example. You know, Target a leaky uh, earlier this year lost about nine billion in market value uh, when uh, angry social media user, primarily you know the uh, conservative right, called for a boycott because uh, they rolled out their Pride collection, which uh, featured uh, what quote unquote L- LGBTQ friendly clothing for children. Um, well, that turned out to be kind of the children part turned out to be kind of false. I mean, it's just um, that that wasn't true. But there was, you know, a collection that was talk friendly, you know, talk friendly, basically meaning that, you know, for the trans people who haven't gone through the gender affirming surgery, they could they can wear that, you know. They can wear those swimsuits. And what made it worse, you know, for the conservatives uh, is that those swimsuits, attack-friendly swimsuits, were actually designed by this company, this London-based company that designs and sells occult and satanic-themed LGBTQ uh, clothing and accessories. And so that was just like, they're like, what? First, you know, you're, you know, d- d- you know, going for this, you know, transgender stuff, and then now, you know, it has... And it had to be designed by this, you know, Satan worshiper. So it just like <laughs> pushed them over the edge. Um, and so, yeah, that cost Target a lot of money as well. You know, Aliki, it's not just the conservatives that are boycotting companies, though. Boycotts and lawsuits have put the My Pillow CEO Mike Lindell out of business. You might remember him. He claimed that the last presidential election was stolen, and. Um, he was eventually boycotted by all the big box companies, including Walmart and the like. Uh, my pillow's been decimated. He claims he's all out of money, but he's not going out of business. Uh, he said that as well. But probably uh, Chick-fil-A is really the company that's the poster child of being boycotted by the, the left and has been boycotted for years, you know, because of their stance on same-sex marriage and support of anti LGBTQ rights. Um, ironically, though, Leaky, of late, the eater is now being blasted by the far right because of its new diversity, equity, and inclusion initiative. <laughs> yeah, uh, word leaked out that the company hired a vice president of equity, diversity, and inclusion. So now the far right is boycotting them for being too woke. I'm not making this up. <laughs> <You see? laughs> and, <laughs> You just said, uh, yeah, uh, it's crazy. So, oh, yeah. So, you know, people are saying, wow, you know, I'm not going to Chick-fil-A anymore if they're going to be so inclusive and woke. So personally, uh, personally, I love Chick-fil-A. I mean, the food can be a, a bit salty, but other than that, they've got the best customer service I've ever seen in the uh, service industry. And this is coming from a person who really, really believes in customer service. And I, I studied at McDonald's. And um, um, just like whenever I go to Chick-fil-A, well, I, I mean, I'm just like, wow, this is this is how a fast food restaurant should be run. 
So I never pay attention to this political stuff. You know, I mean, like not buying something because it's too Christian. That is just weird. And then now these people on the right, you know, uh, calling it woke. First of all, that word woke is just, I, I just think it's weird how they took something that was, that had a completely different meaning and turned it into this thing that's actually kind of looked at as bad now. You know, woke used to be something, a word that was used by, you know, a very small segment of black people in this country that, you know, kind of, they were kind of more, you know, awakened to what's going on in our society, you know, so people who are not easily bamboozled by the marketing and the political messaging or whatever, but who kind of stuck to the meat and potatoes of what was really going on politically in the black community and black consciousness and to see it, you know, kind of bastardized and now used by people who don't even understand what the essence of that word means is just kind of uh, uh, disconcerting to me. Moreover, you know, it's, it's, it's also a play on being awake as in spiritually awakened. You know, it's like when you go, you're baptized or you decide to live your life you know, based on, you know, the divine, whether it's Christianity or Islam or Buddhism or whatever it is, you know, being an awake, being awakened spiritually, you know, so to see all of that just, you know, uh, packaged for political use is very disconcerting to me. I don't like that word. That's a, that's a good, that was a good rant. Um, (laughs) I made a note that we will follow up and include uh, woke in in one of our future episodes because I've got issues with woke as well. Awesome. Um, but uh, moving on, you know, uh, we gave a few examples and, and and there's many of them. But you know, Leaky, uh, this isn't new. I mean, this isn't like we do live in a society now that seems more contentious as possible, and it just seems like. Well, the the right is boycotting this company, the left boycotting that company. Who's there, you know, who's going to um, go to any company? But th- this is actually uh, has a history, and there's been several historical boycotts that have resulted in some changed behavior by companies, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, some great examples, you know, starting out, let's say, with like the Montgomery bus boycotts uh, way back in 1955, 1966. That's before I was born. That before, yeah, that was before just, most of us were born. Just before, <laughs> just before <laughs> I was born. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. And and that you know the, the uh, when African Americans boycotted the Montgomery, you know, uh, Alabama bus system, you know, for their racial segregation, it it made waves and it actually won, you know, some positive changes for you know for Black Americans. So yeah, there, there there's been some you know fantastic examples. And, you know, and there was the the Nike mm-hmm. sweatshop labor boycott uh, back in the '90s and the early 2000s. Um, yes, you know, and that that led to uh, uh, well, it, it really prompted you could say, but I, I would say forced the company to really improve their labor practices and increase transparency. Uh, just kind of felt a little weird about that. I mean, it is definitely a good thing that happened. But I also, as as a, a kid, you know, as a woman who uh, was born in Africa, um, and, you know, I remember when I was reading this and I remember thinking like, 
wait, if Nike had a factory around here when I was a kid and I was able to get a job from there where I'm earning a few dollars to help support myself and my family, I would look at that as, a, you know, as something, a welcome opportunity that, you know, that I, I wouldn't have otherwise. But I know looking at it from an American perspective, a first world, you know, country perspective, yeah, you know, it's child, you know, labor lows and all of those things, you know, but there are two sides to everything. You know, I always think about, you know, when people protest such things here, and then, yes, we do want the changes, but these are people who have never worked in the shoes of these poor children <laughs> who uh, are, are so grateful for the most part. And I'm not saying that things that are being done in those factories are, are, are not bad, but I'm just saying most of those kids who are working in these places are grateful that they're able to make some money to help their families or to put money on the, on, you know, on the table. So just another perspective there. Absolutely. Well, I, I think Chick-fil-A is a great example of you're damned if you do or you're damned if you don't. So Exactly. So Leaky, what can companies do to make everybody happier? Is that unrealistic? I think that's very, very unrealistic. I mean, there are some things, you know, companies can do. Uh, but, you know, it, it seems like maybe... You know, co companies really just should try to stay out of, you know, the divisive political stuff as much as possible, which that's easier said than done, given how much weight, you know, companies actually uh, hold in a society. I mean, I think, you know, corporations are the biggest in institution in our society and they should have a voice. But if that voice is going to cost you a lot of sales, uh, it's. Uh, you know, it's 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 just too risky to take. Well, I you know I I look at it too, and you know I think companies need to balance their values. Uh, it, it, in unless you're appealing specifically to one group or the other, in in what is a very divided America, you really need to emphasize broad concepts that appeal to everyone, rather than honing in on issues that. Uh, could be controversial. And, and speaking of controversy, you know, uh, there's some companies that I think are better off steering clear of taking strong political stances. I, I, I think uh, companies get into trouble when they try to adapt their message uh, to different demographics and forget that everybody's watching. You know, it's like, it's, it's like that whole, that, that whole situation with Bud Light. It's like, well, we're going to do this little social media pr promotion and, you know, we're going to appeal to this demographic. Guess what? Everybody's watching you, Bud Light. And when you're a big company, everybody's watching you. Right, exactly. Uh, I mean, I think something a lot of companies have been doing for a long time that's worked is, you know, engaging in, you know, in, in you know, corporate social responsibility. And, and, and really focusing on things that matter to all of us. It doesn't matter what side of uh, the political spectrum we fall on, you know, things like education, healthcare, you know, kind of like the stuff that, you know, how you and I got to meet, you know, the scholarship I was involved in, you know, um, just a, there are a lot of different examples of corporate social responsibility that are focused on things that we all care about, you know, like, so there are things that can be done without being, you know, a pet. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, I have no idea. Pan pantering? No. 
pandering. Uh, pandering. They shouldn't be to, pandering to, to a specific segment. Groups. Yeah, it's it, it because that is just that's 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 suicide, I think, especially right now. Until things settle down a bit and we kind of figure out where we are as a society, uh, I think staying away from from the the the, the chopped up because we're as a society we're so chopped up in small pieces now, and uh, it's it's that's just too much. You can't you can't satisfy everyone. Just stick to the things that matter. To the gravy and potatoes, you know the big, the big stuff that we all need. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's it it's important that today more than ever that companies engage in social responsibility. They they need to support causes that align with the values of you know both liberal and conservatives. So as you said, the meat and potatoes issues of the education, healthcare, you know, exactly. disaster relief, mm-hmm. infrastructure. You know, the things that we we should be able to agree on. And believe it or not. Aliki, this has really kind of come of age, you know, during my lifetime, uh, is inclusive advertising. We should see representative imagery that represent all Americans. And and it, and to those that are offended by that, I, I'm like, look in the mirror. You know, it's 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 like, what's it, you know, if it's inclusive, that includes you. It doesn't, you don't have to exclude others. That's uh, true. And then That's I think true. I think the final you know, and, and most important point point is companies have to be transparent. And when you're not transparent and, and it's uncovered, if you're saying one thing and doing another, um, I think that's that's where you can get in trouble with liberal, conservative and consumers in general. Yeah, just stay away from trying to please everyone. Stick to your, you know, yeah, stick to, to what really matters. And I like the inclusive advertising aspect because if people see themselves represented it doesn't really matter what other people are saying you know they're going to come and they're going to spend their money with you um also you know uh in- inclusive advertising now that i that i say that part there's also the 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 negative aspect of it like um i see that with victoria's secrets you know, Victoria's Secret has lost a lot of sales since it's it's been like including a lot of you know bigger people on its ads and stuff. Uh, so yeah, so everything has a little bit of a it has a yeah. Everything yeah. Has- I thought you're gonna go in a different direction, but what's the downside uh, and the danger of what I like to call political purchase power when when Americans say I'm not gonna buy that because I don't like their politics. Well, you get fewer choices, right? As consumers, then we want more choices, you know. Where there's competition, you know, we we come out as winners as consumers, right? So if you if you limit your choices, it's just gonna mean we we have to pay more for things, you know. Yeah, I, I you know, I think you and I have talked about this before, but we've come we we become a nation where it's like I disagree with you. Okay. Well, you can't do that anymore. I disagree with you. Therefore, I hate you. Therefore, I will never buy anything from you again. I mean, that's <laughs> that, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. And, you know, it can have, uh, you know, it can have uh, an impact on, on companies that re- result in job losses for, innocent, in, you know, innocent people who, you know, basically become collateral damage. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like you, you look at a company, it's like, well, we're going to we're going to have to lay off 50% of our workforce because of this boycott. 
you know, the people that have lost their jobs that are supporting families, you know, you need to take that into consideration too when 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 you're looking at these boycotts. Exactly. And and uh, and maybe the big companies can weather these things, but l- think about the impact on small businesses. You know, uh, a lot of small businesses just cannot navigate these complex political landscapes, you know. You know um, so it, it, it that's bad for the majority of Americans, you know. And I personally, if I, you know, if I get a bad experience, go through a bad experience with a company uh, organization, you know, I either want don't go back or two, I'll give it a second shot and see if that was a one off type thing. And, and, you know, and go from there. But, uh, to, but if, you know, somebody discriminated against me and said, oh, we don't want black people here. Like it happened to me when I was in college at Perkins. I have never eaten at a Perkins again. Character uh, supposedly is what you do when nobody's watching. You know, a company kind of has to have that attitude that, you know, we have to be good all the time, not just when people aren't watching. Exactly. Uh, but we live in a society where <laughs> we wear a lot of masks. Companies that have been around for a long time and have been using the whole, you know, talking out of both mouths type of techniques. Uh, yeah, it's going to take time. And of course, you know, some of them are trying, you know, they're they're hiring these, you know, young executives and, and things like that. But of course, you know, these young ex- executives, uh, you know, are, they're walking, you know, on these landmines. That lady with the Bud Light, you know, she she had the right, you know, uh, idea about, you know, trying to. I think her name was Alyssa Heinerschneid. Yeah, something like that. I may like be that. pronouncing her last name wrong. She was Bud Light's VP of marketing uh, when when the big uh, boycott broke. Yes, and and she she was really trying to expand, you know, the the market for Bud Light and as a society, uh, it's it's hard to know. You know, when you're going to be stepping on a political mind, you know, per se, you know, but, you know, they got to they got to continue trying. You got to continue trying, but just try to uh, stay as politically neutral as possible. Well, and- you know, there, there's also downsides, not just to companies, but to consumers uh, who align their purchasing decision with, you know, political beliefs or religious beliefs. First of all. You know, they limit their choices. Yeah, well, fewer choices. Uh, yeah, that that always kind of sucks because then the companies, uh, it, it, that's how I think that's how monopolies, you know, you know, get away with a lot of stuff. You know, if there there's not a lot of choices, consumers, if we're so uh, so triggered that you know we're just like, oh, absolutely not. I I don't like how. You know, Chick Fil A did this, so I'm I'm not going to eat there. And if Chick Fil A is the only place that's open, like during the uh, pandemic, for instance, in my neighborhood, um, a lot of a lot of these fast food restaurants were closed. Chick Fil A was the only one operating, and you should have seen the lines that were, that were you know every day just wrapped around their building. And there were certain people who couldn't do that. You know, they 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 had no options. So it's just you know you gotta think about those kinds of things but at the same well, time you know and there's there's so many as we said before there's 25 percent of people are protesting there's probably hundreds of companies out there that you know if you try to keep up with that uh and and avoid companies that you might disagree with 
you know, you might enter a supermarket and be completely paralyzed, look around and you're like, well, I can't buy that for, because they're against this and I can't buy that because they're against that. So on a yeah. practical level, it requires a huge amount of time and effort to stay current on all companies and, and what they're involved in. Right. As an African-born black woman living in the United States, if I were to do that, man, I'd be going hungry and I'd be walking around butt naked with no clothes. <laughs> I mean, it just—it's crazy. I mean, it—it it, it doesn't make. It's not practical. It's not practical. But at the same time, you know, people have to do what they feel is necessary. You know, because hey, if it doesn't align with the spirit, with your soul, what are you gonna do? You know. Well, you know, it can also impact individuals with job losses and things like that, right? Right. Yeah. Consumer boycotts mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that result in job losses. Um, you know, and, and then they become collateral damage in a very polit politically based uh, boycott. So, yeah, yeah, that's the sad thing about it. And then not to mention, like, uh, you know, the impact on small businesses. A lot of small businesses are barely making it. And uh, so for them to actually just uh, trying to navigate these complex political landscapes, it just makes it harder for people to to be entrepreneurs and to, to do their own thing, you know? Well, you know, small businesses very rarely are boycotted for national political issues, but, you know, local politics are becoming more and more heated and, you know, people running for office are being targeted. And many of those people running for offices are small business owners, Heck yeah. you know, and they've got a, you know, they've got a double whammy. I mean, they can't piss people off because they need they need the business. Right. Well, Aliki, it sure seems like a slippery slope out there for con uh, consumers and companies alike. Uh, I think consumers, I think we need to have a balanced approach where we exercise, you know, uh, caution and, and judgment. Um, for example, if, you know, I'm not going to boycott a company because it offends me with one ad, but you know, I'm going to support companies that are committed to social responsibility, you know, the issues that are important to me, you know, make the world a better place and, uh, you know, offer me the best deal because I am I love a good deal. I'm the same way. Well, that's going to wrap things up for us, folks. Dano, once again, I enjoyed exploring the many shades of gray with you today. And for all our listeners, please keep an open mind, a kind heart. And join us next time for black, white, but mostly gray. Namaste, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>